Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have with me a very special guest, Orion Junker. How are you? Really good, thank you, and congratulations on the pronunciation of my name. Bienvenue, bienvenue. Merci, merci de me recevoir. No, no problem. Uh, so, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, about your business that you started, and we're going to talk about other things that surprised me a little bit, but we will get to them. So, how are you? Really good, really good. I'm quite excited to, to yeah. start having a chat, but I think it's more going to be uh, about the purpose of my business rather than my business itself that we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your business? Um, so, I'm Orian. Um, as people may hear with, uh, from my accent, I'm actually from France. Uh, I live in Australia, um, in the lucky country. And this is definitely a, a true promise uh, for me. Uh, when we came here, we found uh, a job, uh, citizenship, a home, and amazing friends. And uh, I could never go back to France after I um, met Australia for the first time. So um, I am, I would say, a French, but uh, from everywhere. I've lived in Canada, uh, in England, um, in different places in France. So I'm a bit of an international um, person, I would say. Uh, when we came to Australia with my husband, we started to work in the pharmaceutical industry. So typical corporate job. I work in medical, uh, in neuroscience mainly, on multiple sclerosis. Um, this is quite an interesting job, but I always felt um, this was not my purpose. And uh, when I got pregnant, um, I started to suffer some discrimination. Um, so I was asked actually um, to go to my GP and uh, ask for an exemption to be able to travel up to 36 weeks of pregnancy when the companies um, normally prevent a pregnant women to travel after 30 weeks. When I refused to do that because I felt like I was, you know, so big, you don't even fit in a plane anymore. I didn't want to travel all around Australia anymore. Then it was a very difficult conversation. I was really pressured. Um, when I came back from mat leave, I was told that uh, when I was in mat leave, my career was in hibernation, so that I didn't need, I didn't deserve a promotion or salary increase, um, which I was definitely deserving because I was below the um, the you know those norm of salary. Um, yeah, and few things happened. My husband is working in the same company, same job as me, and he was paid 30k above me, uh, which was pretty unfair. So there were a few things that happened and that got really, really frustrating. So um, yeah, discussing with my friends, I just realized that it was not only me, but pretty much all of us. And that surprised me because we live in a developed country where normally the gender equality is supposed to be, you know, like 50-50. And um, I realized that actually a lot of my friends were in the same situation as me, where it's really hard to um, find the balance between your career and also uh, your job as a mom. 
And uh, I realized that it's a struggle that is happening for pretty much everyone in the world, all the moms in the world. And there are no proper solutions at the moment. The way our world is structured, the way the, way the corporate world is structured, doesn't really allow for a mother to be performing as well as a male because obviously our kids are going to be sick and very often it's the mother who will um, you know, be there for the children. Um, you will go away in a maternity leave, you will be pregnant, so you're not as profitable and productive as a man would be. And uh, this is what you definitely feel as a woman. And um, that's what I got frustrated with and that's why I decided to create my business because I thought if we all complain about the same things but we don't do anything about it, then pretty much we can't complain. So that's why I decided to create my business, which is all about gathering mums in Australia so that we can create a strong community uh, to support each other, but mainly to um, discuss what we want to see change in our society and have um, and use the power of our number to be able to influence policymakers so that we can create a more mum-friendly society. So it's, it's really all about making a difference uh, for, for the future. Yeah, so uh, making a difference for the future through uh, taking care of the, our most precious asset as a society, I think, which, uh, which the state uh, still needs to produce a, a number of, uh, you know, a, a nice exchange, exchange rate, shall we say, between uh, those who are gone and those who are coming into the world. Um, <laughs> and so can you talk about why it is, why in the first place, if we're not, we're not a financiers or economists, but we, can you try to pinpoint the source of why there is this uh, kind of, a, um, I don't know, maybe economic uh, discrimination against uh, mothers or the stigma of uh, working mothers. Where does so I, yeah, so I love what you said about the fact that um, the, we are the sort of like the a very precious resource for a government. And I think they don't realize that because we are making the future generation and the whole economy is uh, like going to be built from those generations. So if you don't support moms, I guess they can't raise their children properly and they can't raise children that are gonna be contributing to that society. Um, so I really think that the support from the government needs to happen because we are not just a problem at an economical level, the way they see it in a short-term manner. So obviously when you're working in a company, you uh, as a mom you're going to be pregnant so you might be a bit more sick you might not be able to work as much as before um so obviously it creates constraints that your male partner won't have so you can't be as productive in the way um the corporate world sees it and then when you go in maternity leave it's quite complicated because you need to replace that person for a short period of time so it's tricky you need to to, you know, to train someone else for that short period because then when the mother comes back, she wants to take her role back. So this is complicated for corporate to manage all those changes. And then usually you have that second child coming, I don't know, one, two, three years later down the track. So it's another, you know, um, 
back in force for, for the corporate. So that's usually what is a the problem. Then when you have children, you have to take care leaves quite regularly because every time your child has a, you know, um, a little cough, you can't put them in daycare. So you have to, to look after them. And quite often, even if it's not always the case, obviously, it's the mother who is taking that role. So that's why for a corporate, it's obviously much more complicated to manage a mother coming back, leaving and being pregnant than just a male counterpart who's just going to kind of have uh, that very straight line in terms of career. So I understand short term, it can be a bit of a management and a bit of a problem. But the thing is that we are raising the future generation and the economy relies on those children. So I think we have to see uh, with more open eye um, mothers rather than just seeing us as a, a liability in a company. Yeah. Now I think the, the modern, the post-post-post-modern world is uh, heading towards a very great discovery that uh, time is precious and that human beings are meant to be around around other people. We are tribal, so, socially tribal uh, people. We evolved from uh, what was essentially small tribes that were scattered all across the globe. Um, we cannot leave live without other people around us uh, now the now the the business has been has melded together into the private life into the home so now now we're talking about something else which is a, a, a meta workplace it's not it's not a physical place anymore so maybe uh, maybe physical foundations will start to shut down. <clears throat> yeah, it is definitely uh, yeah. something that I see happening already. Um, like I, I work in a big pharmaceutical corporate and we have like, I think the, the, the company built a massive building, like six story, huge one, state of the art. And no one has been there for the past yeah, year and a half. And I think no one will ever go back because I think people staying at home, being with their family, we're seeing life in it with a different angle, which is, my God, what a ridiculous life it was to spend two hours in the car every day when you just drain to go to your corporate job and not see your children the whole day. So you have to pay daycare to, to look after your children while you're working in that corporate building when actually we realize we can work very productively and very well from our homes. So yeah, it is obviously uh, a different way of doing things. And I think people will never go back to work five days a week from you know nine to five in Australia, I would say in average. I think it's not an option anymore. And if I had to do it again, I would refuse and probably resign because no, this is so much better to see my children here and there during the day. So much better to wake up like in the morning without an alarm clock because you know your first meeting start around nine so you can chill wake up before you had to rush, you know, you had to buy a car, uh, quite a nice car to go to work. You had to dress up fancy, put your makeup on and, you know, wear your heels and go to work. Now I can pretty much have my meetings with my pyjama and no yeah. one sees beyond the or, top of my chest. Yeah, or you <laughs> can see sit in your car in the garage with nice clothes on. 
<laughs> and well, enjoy my ride in my garage. Yes. No, no, but I think while, people... while doing the meetings. So. <laughs> uh, yes. So yeah, I think uh, what happens a lot is that people go around with their phone and and walk around in the parks and things like that. It's it's much more enjoyable than being sitting in a in a concrete building all day. So. So yeah, I really saw a, a big difference um, in in my quality of life in terms of not going to work. But the problem is that yeah, as you were saying earlier, it's completely mixing with my personal life. Yeah. Now I feel like I, I can't even have lunch because at any time someone's gonna call me, someone's gonna you know go on Zoom and just uh, um, ask me to be there. Like and I like it feels hard to to just dissociate. But I think it's just the beginning for everyone to understand how it works and we will find good ways to to work around that and um yeah we're just in a trial period at the moment mm. yeah i feel as though uh, even though we will walk outside more and we'll go to the parks and we'll eat ice cream and hot dogs and whatever uh, we'll watch the the ducks on the pond ducks yeah uh, quack quack um when they <laughs> just want to be clear yeah yeah so i have a theory that even though we are talking to people all day we are talking to a screen here this is the screen yeah it moves it wobbles it's not real um and i feel that is very it is a very worrying shall we say uh, phenomenon phenomenon that that human beings are setting sit, sit, setting their life away at a screen and not with other yeah. human beings human beings were 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 meant to to be around each other to to tell stories to play with each other to try to tease each other to try to uh, to try to connect with each other through different ceremonies and stuff like this and it, the social fabric of the humanity the social uh, shall we say the, the social uh, unifying principle is trying to is starting to break away at the seams so what do you think about uh, about this phenomenon um i think that we are creating a new reality and that really asks the questions of what is the reality? Is it what you've got in front of your eyes? Because, you know, like the, the reality is something very subjective and we tend to say um, what I see is real. But for example, if you've got images that go very fast in front of your eyes, you will say, no, there wasn't a, I don't know, a whatever, a horse in those images, but it's just because your eyes weren't able to process all the images as fast as the images were coming up. So your reality is like, no, there wasn't a horse, but your eyes are a filter to the reality. So I think it's it really, you know, that conception of, you know, us creating a new world, uh, which is more digital now, it might be a reality. It might be the reality, but maybe we're not able to perceive it yet. You know, maybe our physical sense are not able to grab that. So, but yeah, it's a very metaphorical discussion, I guess, that could go uh, uh, around, like, you know, we can go much further. But um, I think reality is just a concept that we uh, think in our 3D world, 
Um, but if you were living in another dimension, the reality would be completely different. So I only believe what I can see is a bit of, for me, of a, of a stupid concept. It's really being close-minded because, yeah, the reality is evolving uh, every day. And, um, and I think, yeah, we are not understanding and grabbing the concept yet of what we are doing now with the digital world where everything like the AI is taking control of so many things. I was working in research in uh, neuroscience at the time on the decision, decision making process. And I remember that guy was like 10 years ago and he was telling me he was creating a code that was evolving by itself. He was not even controlling the initial code, IT code he created. And it was evolving like a virus would you know, change its receptors to adapt, you know, its external environment. And he was telling me he could not control what he had created. And it was 10 years ago. So I can't imagine what is happening behind the scene. We have no idea about, but I think the reality, the way we believe it exists has probably gone away a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So on that uh, de depressive note, we will uh, stop here and I think we'll pick it up and another time. Thanks a lot, Guy. Have yeah. a lovely day. Thank you. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of conversations about stuff like this and, and some even more uh, interesting or, I don't know, developed subjects. <laughs> I'd like that, Guy. Bye. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Aaron. Bye, everyone. Hello. Good. <laughs> Bye.